my story begins from birth. That makes sense to a lot of us, but uh, this little incident will help preface the story, hopefully. Uh, so when I was born, I was born at Providence Hospital here in Anchorage, and I was taken directly from the hospital by the state of Alaska. Um, the reason I was taken is because there was drugs in my system. And so my mom had chosen to use crack cocaine and alcohol throughout pretty much my entire pregnant, or not my pregnancy, <laughs> her entire pregnancy. And um, as some of you guys know, there's a lot of negative side effects to infants who are exposed prenatally to some kind of substance. Um, you know, of course, there's FAS. Um, there's withdrawals, which may cause seizures, which then may cause, you know, crib rash, things like that. And there's also, you know, um, the stunting of growth. And so good news for everyone here and for myself. Um, you guys don't have to be sad. It clearly did not stunt my growth. Um, I'm 5'10", I'm 200 pounds, a little bigger than I'd like to be. Um, but I'm okay with that. It's cool. Um, don't have any learning disabilities, so it's, it's five star. Um, and so from there on, um, OCS, Office of Children's Services, then DFYS, um, was kind of feeling the situation out. They wanted to know who could take care of me, if it was safe to go back home um, and have my other relatives take care of me. And they found that that was okay. Um, I went back home and where my brother, who's a year and a half older than me, was, um, and my grandma and my uncle were designated as the caretakers. Uh, that probably wasn't the best idea in hindsight. And um, my uncle had a little bit of substance abuse problems of his own, and my grandma was terminally ill. I remember being three years old, um, taught how to use a syringe to give her her insulin because she had very, very bad diabetes. And, um, and then I was kind of on my own after that. Everyone else was like, you know, we got drugs to use. You should be the one taking care of your grandma. And so uh, my brother and I were the ones who were designated to do that. Um, I remember learning how to cook at a very young age. And if you can get this, we didn't have a stove or an oven at our house. So we cooked everything in the microwave. I'm proficient at making meatloaf, cake, everything like that in the microwave. Um, sounds crazy, but it's true. Scrambled eggs, everything. And so, um, of course, we had to get that food. Um, we'd go to the food bank, we would dumpster dive, we would shoplift, anything we had to do to eat. Um, we also obviously couldn't pay the electric, and since all of that money was going to dope, um, we frequently used flashlights, um, flame almost burnt the house down a couple times. <laughs> um, and stuff like that. And so a few years later, when I was about seven, my grandma had passed away. Um, my mom was still, you know, in and out of the memories I have from back then. She'd be gone for months at a time. And at this point, I'm not sure if it was legally, you know, she wasn't allowed to be there or if she was just out doing what she was doing. And so um, I remember a lot of illegal activity, though, at this time. Um, and I think it was because my grandma wasn't there. So things started really... Um, Kind of our house was the hub for prostitution, drug dealing, drug use, pimping, um, pretty much all aspects of the street life. And so um, I remember one defining incident um, that, you know, really kind of, it didn't shake me really, but it kind of made me very, it solidified my choice that I wasn't going to use drugs. And so I wake up and I go out to the living room and there's this man on the couch, peaceful looking, and he has a syringe sticking out of his arm. Um... I kind of walk up to him, I kind of look at it, I'm like, oh, that looks like drugs. And I kind of shake him a little bit, and he doesn't wake up. Um, so, end of that little story, he was dead. He had an overdose from heroin. Um, 
So from that point, I was like, I'm not going to use drugs not to be like this, at least not intravenously. Um, <laughs> thought that was smart at the time. And so um, I continued through my childhood, made the best of elementary school, um, but also was able to do anything I wanted. I would walk the streets at 3 in the morning in Spinard, and nobody bothered me because I knew all the people doing bad things. And so, you know, there'd be a pimp who'd be, like, pretty well-known in the neighborhood, notorious, and I'd just walk by, and most 7-year-olds or however old you are, um, would kind of be scared or maybe um, be in danger. And he's like, oh, you're Barbara's daughter. I'm like, what's up? And so he let go on and pass through. Um, so that was nice. Um, <laughs> so um, OCS kind of caught on to things. And they're like, you know, there's a lot of drugs going in in this house. Not a new thing. A lot of domestic violence. Also not a new thing. And so um, they removed my brother and I when I was 12 years old and put us into foster care for what was supposed to be permanently. Um, I stayed in foster care eight years until I was 19, and throughout that eight years, I was in 24 different homes. And so these include foster homes, um, trips at the local, you know, trips, stays at the local homeless shelters, and even treatment centers um, when there was nowhere to put me. And so um, I stayed in these different places, and it was a little crazy to me because there was always a different rule. Dinner's at 530 do your homework before then, make sure it's finished. I'm like, wait, when am I supposed to go walk the streets of Sonard? <laughs> I don't see that on the schedule. Um, what if I'm not hungry at 5.30? What is this dinner table? Um, what are these two forks and two spoons? Salad fork? What the hell? Um, I was really confused. And so I was like, screw this. Family monopoly night, not happening. Um, and so I tried to take all of those diverse experiences, different rules, different... Um, you know, family makeups, maybe it's one mom, maybe it's a mom and dad, maybe they have biological kids, maybe they have had never had kids in their 30. Um, maybe they're Christian, maybe they're Muslim, um, maybe they're black, maybe they speak Spanish, maybe they speak Japanese, I don't know. So I try to use these things to make myself a more diverse and, you know, um, cultural person, I guess, and um, try to better my life. And so I'm still trying to live everything by the book at that point. And, um, I kind of kept thinking, you know, my mom was in and out of jail, and I was like, you know, um, if drugs are so powerful, you know, and my mom never shot up, she just smoked, you know. Um, so it was like, if drugs are so powerful that they could keep a mother from loving or being able to take care of their kid, I don't think I'm going to do any drugs, whether it's smoking intravenously, popping pills, nothing. I can't even take vitamins to this day. <laughs> Freaks me out. And so um, I graduated high school, which I never thought I'd do. It was one of the best days of my life. And... Um, I moved out when I was 19. I moved into my own apartment, three bedrooms, worst choice I ever made in my life. I don't need that much room, <laughs> and it's really expensive. Um, and I've been there for about three years now. I'm 22. And um, I always think, you know, I was short on my rent this last month even, and I'm still in the generational poverty. I'm still, you know, um, having to go through all these struggles, even though I'm trying to do what's right. And I just think probably every week maybe, you know, I really should have joined the family business. I would be making so much money right now. Um, and I'd be good at it because I'm super smart. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm super genius, okay? Maybe the crack did something. I don't know. Superman, superpowers, who knows? Um, <laughs> so maybe that did something, you know. Um, I'm a ginger, so I ha apparently have no soul. Or so says South Park. Um, and I don't smoke my supplies, so I'd make really good profit. Um, the point is, I don't choose that life, even though it would be super easy. And I now work, you know, as you guys read in my bio, at Alaska Youth Advocates and for Facing Foster Care in Alaska. Um, and my story isn't finished yet, but if you guys stick around in Anchorage, you guys will probably see me 
more often. And hopefully I'll um, reap what I sow one day and become rich. That's my goal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>